Oh, okay, bottom of the hour. Hey, Krishna. Uh, good morning, afternoon. It, um, do I have sound? Can you folks hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. I'm never sure. Um, okay. So um, this morning, um, we'll continue discussing the first verse um, of Srimad Bhagavatam. And um, I, what I want to focus on this week is the explanations that Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives in his um, commentary, his tika uh, on that verse. And um, as we'll see, he actually uh, suggests five ways to read this uh, first verse. Last week we discussed the verse kind of the generally and how it, um, how even the first verse indicates how the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam is distinct from every other literature, even uh, what we refer to as Vedic literatures. It's, uh, it stands apart from, from everything else. And as we'll see today, can't um, really be compared to anything else, including any of the other Puranas um, or the Upanishads or the Vedic hymns or anything. Or not the Mahabharata, not the Ramayana. It's it's complete. This is a completely unique text in so many ways. We talked about that, and um, we touched on some of the main points that um, uh, my beloved spiritual master, His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, uh, makes in um, in his Bhaktivedanta purport um, to this verse. Uh, briefly, we did that in a very, um, all in a very cursory manner. This verse is so rich that um, there's no way to do uh, it to do it justice in any kind of discussion that's not um, protracted. It's not uh, drawn out um, over a considerable period of time. It's uh, we'll just see. Um, we um, here at in Honolulu. I'm um, preparing three or four devotees, yet newer devotees. Actually, none of them is initiated yet um, for giving Bhagavad Gita classes in the evening. And um, so we've been uh, we read the introduction to the Bhagavad Gita together. We discussed that yesterday. We read the first verse of the Gita and Srila Prabhupada's purport. Um, and we also read an article that I wrote several years ago um, called something like uh, From Selfishness to Selfless Love of God uh, in the first verse of the Bhagavad Gita. And the idea is to just to give us uh, of, of sharing that with, the, with these devotees is to give a sense of the breadth um, of the Bhagavad Gita, the, the possibilities um, uh, for uh, perspectives, things to discuss um, in the Bhagavad Gita. So um, 
Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur certainly does that in his uh, tika on, on the first verse of the Bhagavatam, as we'll see. There is no way in the world um, I can do that, even that commentary justice in, what do we have, 40 minutes, 45 minutes maybe. Um, the best I can do is, well, here's my hope. Here's my goal in, um, in making uh, this presentation, especially today, especially on, on, on uh, discussing Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's perspectives, five different perspectives, five different ways to read the first verse of the Bhagavatam, um, which become, which as we'll see, are progressively amazing. The, the, the first reading is amazing. The second reading is amazing. The third reading is even more amazing. The fourth reading is, well, it's just another world. The third and fourth readings especially are great. And then the fifth reading um, gives us an, <laughs> provides an interesting um, perspective, I think. So the best I can do with each of these is give, a, give them, a, uh, give each a few minutes. So my goal, rather than um, actually explaining um, the possibilities um, that we see in the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam is to sharpen, to whet uh, the participants' appetites for um, studying this first verse um, threadbare. Read Srila Prabhupada's Bhaktivedanta purport and to read um, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary on the verse as well, to study them and um, mine the possibilities to the extent that we're able. Um, and the, um, the, there are electronic versions of, the, of Srimad Bhagavatam um, with uh, the tikas of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, especially in, in some cantos, um, especially the 10th canto, maybe the commentaries of some others, Jiva Goswami, uh, Sanatan Goswami, especially. Uh, they are circulating widely um, in our Sangha. They're, they're um, easily available from um, many of the devotees. And this is all, um, this is all the grace. Um, well, first of all, Banu Swami did the translation. Um, so we, we owe him for that. But the um, availability in our Sangha of electronic versions is um, due um, to the grace um, of our, our dear friend whose company we just so recently lost, um, Dulal Chandra Prabhu, who very um, patiently and painstakingly scanned each page of the edition of the Bhagavatam with Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's tikas as, and, and added Srila Prabhupada's, um, actually, I think he used Srila Prabhupada's uh, translations um, and uh, word for word, at least for the first uh, nine cantos and, and those 13 chapters of the 10th canto that Srila Prabhupada presented, was, was able to present to us before his departure. Um, so he added that uh, those as well. So we have 
Srila Prabhupada's purports, as well as Vishwanath Chakravarti, Thakur's Tikas, and then others as well in, in the 10th canto. And this is all uh, because Dulal Chandra so uh, patiently and painstakingly scanned every page of these books and ran them through OCR um, software, um, optical character recognition software, so that they would be searchable. Um, and so if you know, if you know someone who has um, copies, especially I think of the first canto, um, uh, please uh, beg them um, to kindly uh, sh share with you. I know Dulal didn't want them shared too widely because we should buy uh, the books, but sometimes it's just not um, possible, not practical. For me, um, I'm a homeless guy, uh, and um, I, I have a rather vast library uh, on my iPad. So, um, and, and it's a library that I would not be able to have um, in, in my situation in life um, if I had to carry around analog books, which I very much prefer. I'm over 70 odd years, I've gotten pretty good at navigating um, paper books, uh, and I'm still like taking baby steps in, in navigating electronic texts. So, uh, but however, the convenience of those electronic texts is, is amazing. So if you, if, you, if you can get access to a, a copy, either um, buy a copy um, of the Bhagavatam with Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's Tikas, um, or if you can beg one from someone you know who has a copy and can share it, um, I, 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 all I, this is, this is just a trailer. This talk, especially today, is just kind of like a little um, tease uh, in the hopes that uh, devotees will um, find some time to go through and um, mine this, uh, 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 dig through this treasure trove that is uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary on the Bhagavatam's first verse. So I'll be quiet and start now. Om Jnana Timirandhasya Jnananjana Shilakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangrum Langhaya Tegirim Jatkrapa Tamaham Bande Shri Gurundinataranam Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtang Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamahyam Padati Svapadantikam Anchakalpa Tarubhyastrakapa Sindhobhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namona So, um, I want to start, of course, uh, by reading the verse again. And to that end, I will share uh, share a screen so that everyone can see the verse. Um, oops, come on. Okay. Stuff out of the way. Uh oh, something's happened here. Okay, I've done something. 
on my iPad that I did not intend to do, and I don't know how to do it. All of a sudden, I've got a split screen with what I want to read today and then what I have to give a class on in an hour and a half. No, well, two hours. I have plenty of time. Let's see if I can. Okay, maybe if I just close the app. See, this is this is how much uh, how how much more difficult it is for me to work with electronic texts. Oh Lord. I just don't know what to do about this. I did something wrong and I don't know how to undo it. Oh, maybe if I just okay. Easier than I thought. Okay, that's a little better. Okay, so we'll take a look at the verse first. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Janmadya Sriton Vayaditaras Charite Shrabhigyaswarat Tene Brahmahradaya Adikavire Muhyanti Yatsuraya Tejo Vari Mridam Yatavini Mayo Yatratri Sargomrsha Dhamna Srena Sada Nirastakukam Satyam Param Dhimahi O my Lord Sri Krishna, son of Vasudev, O all-pervading personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I meditate upon Lord Sri Krishna because he is the absolute truth and the primeval cause of all causes of the creation, sustenance, and destruction of the manifested universes. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations, and he is independent because there is no other cause beyond him. It is he only who first imparted the Vedic knowledge unto the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. By him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion as one is bewildered by the illusory representations of water seen in fire or land seen on water. Only because of him do the material universes temporarily manifested by the reactions of the three modes of material nature appear factual although they are unreal. I therefore meditate upon him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental abode, which is forever free from the illusory representations of the material world. I meditate upon him, for he is the absolute truth. Satyam padam dhimahi. So, Sanskrit back up here. So at the end of his commentary, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur sums it up, and he tells um, in uh, in uh, in very brief language what he does with each of his explanations. So uh, here's what here's what Vishwanath writes. The first explanation of this, and I, I want to share this now, so that uh, to, to, so that there are expectations that I hope will be met to some extent. Um, as, I'm, uh, as I try to discuss them in the time I have. And he says, the first explanation of this verse of Bhagavatam shows its nature as a light, giving deliverance from misery through general understanding of the Lord or Adhyatma. 
The second explanation shows that as the sun, which is more powerful, destroying the misconceptions of the demons and bringing joy to the devotees. The third, fourth, and fifth explanations show that it is the bestower of tasty fruit full of rasa, especially revealing madhura rasa, um, radha, and pure bhakti. And we'll see uh, the uh, fifth explanation. Uh, we're, the, we, we get to the third. The third explanation is, is very much rasa. The fourth explanation is more concentrated rasa. As we'll see, um, the, the verse is about meditating on Radha and Krishna. And then we may think, well, where do we go from there? How does it get more condensed from there? And so the last explanation, the fifth explanation, shows the verse as a meditation on Bhakti Yoga, which is, a, uh, which is the topic um, of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So uh, before I want, before I um, actually get into the explanations, uh, I want uh, I want to open with um, well with the way Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur himself opens his explanation because it's so um, so sweetly poetic. He says, uh, the cloud of Sri Chaitanya has rained a sweet shower of mercy, producing a river of devotion to himself where the jivas play like elephants in the Ganga. May the dark cloud of Lord Krishna Chaitanya made golden with a flash of lightning illuminate the sky of my mind. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to think of what I would not give. Uh, to have access to the uh, Sanskrit there. I worship the one absolute truth, Krishna, who is eternal bliss and supreme consciousness, Nityananda Advaita Chaitanya, personified as the eternal Bhagavatam, which is the complete form of the Brahma Sutra in its most embellished form and resides with eternal bhakti and the eternal devotees in the, spiritual, in the eternal spiritual abode. I take shelter of the eternal form, name, and qualities of Krishna known from the Bhagavatam, which I studied for a long time by the mercy of Guru. After having studied the Vaishnavatoshini of Sanatana, and having, ha, ever, ha, after having understood the conclusions of Lord Chaitanya from the Sandarbhas of Jiva, by the mercy of Sridhar Swami, I produced this commentary to show the essence of Bhagavatam. And then he says, he writes, I am not learned. Oh, I am rash in this attempt. The cause being either my own foolishness or the causeless mercy of the Lord gives rise to its manifestation, even in an unqualified person. If its cause is my foolishness, it will produce mockery. And if its cause is the mercy of the Lord, it will produce bliss with every word for the devotees. So he's praying um, that his, uh, his uh, attempts at commenting on uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, especially this first verse of the Bhagavatam, will give pleasure to the devotees. 
And then he says, he writes, this is a very uh, wonderful paragraph. I love this. He, he writes, it is not so surprising that this popularly read scripture has qualities of the absolute identity, uh, absolute entity coming, comparable to the fruit of a desire tree, a lamp, and the sun. I praise this work, which assumes the form of Mohini in the assembly of devas and demons, giving the sweet topics of the Lord to the devotees and denying them to the demons. So this is a reference to, of course, to Mohini Murti, this uh, wonderful transcendental form of the Lord who uh, appeared as an extraordinarily beautiful woman and was able um, by her power as a beautiful woman to share nectar with the devatas and deny it uh, to the demons. The demons willingly, because that was her suggestion, gave it up because they were so um, dazzled by um, by her beauty and well he continues I, I can't i can't leave that alone because then he continues the thought svayam bhagavan the sweet sweet ocean of all auspicious qualities the king holding the greatest power the most splendid sun shone and then disappeared at scheduled times over the earth the meanings of the various scriptures puranas and itihasas Placed in the three groups, just as men are classified into three groups, like are like night watchmen guarding the treasure of or satisfaction of the heart. But through time, destiny, the appearance of irregularity, and even laziness, some of the meanings have fallen into deep sleep. Consequently, the treasure, the satisfaction of the heart of all people and the authors of the works has been stolen by those who have appeared like thieves and given wrong interpreta uh, interpretations to those scriptures. This is understood from the following. Here he cites um, the, the set, uh, a line from a verse in the fifth chapter of the first canto of the Bhagavatam. Jugupsitam dharmakirte nushashata svabhava raktasya mahan yatikramaha. People in general are naturally inclined to enjoy, and you've encouraged them in that way in the name of religion. This is verily condemned and is quite unreasonable. The word he uses is jukupsitum, um, means detestable, disgusting. Um, then he says, however, under these conditions, the Lord makes his appearance. Yada yadahi dharmasya blani or bhavati padata abhyutanam adharmasya tadatmanam surjanyam. Whenever there is instruction in dharma o bharata and arise in adharna, I manifest my own body. And then he, um, before, just before he begins, begins he says, this Purana is another form of Krishna. This Bhagavatam is another form of Krishna, similar to the oneness of I and my. So there's an identity between Ahanta and Mamata, an identity and the things that I identify with, Krishna and the book about Krishna. Thus, he says, it bears no comparison with other works. Krishna has appeared as Bhagavatam through Shukadeva and Parikshit, and the sun, and like the sun among the planets, it shines among the Puranas. It has 12 forms, volumes, just as the sun has 12 forms for each of the months of the year. With 18,000 verses like its leaves, it has appeared like a desire tree to fulfill the goals of great devotees. So, then he begins his first explanation. This is the um, 
I just lost my place here. Um, so this first explanation shows the uh, Bhagavatam's nature as a light. Now we got a lot of this um, when we were looking at it um, through, through the lens of Srila Prabhupada's purport last week. <clears throat> I hope that we'll be able to get a little bit more <clears throat> and not miss too much. <clears throat> so the first thing is, he says, um, he, that, that uh, Vyasadeva uh, invokes auspiciousness with meditation on his cherished deity. And then he says, Param means to the highest limit. Satyam means that supreme Lord who exists in all time and space. Dhimahi means let us worship or meditate on. And then he says, this is plural, which indicates all the jivas continuing in time and space as part of one's own group. And thus indicates the te teaching them to meditate by these instructions. So this is something for everyone. Rupa Goswami says in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, when he's talking about eligibility for bhakti, he says everyone is eligible for bhakti. All jivas are eligible for bhakti. Some are more readily eligible than others. So this is essentially uh, and ultimately for everyone to enjoy. And then he connects it to the Vedanta Sutra. He says the meaning of the sutra atato brahmajigyasa is indicated here, since meditation alone is the result of inquiry. Brahmajigyasa means inquiry into the nature of the of, of spirit, um, and the reason for such an inquiry would be meditation, dhimahi. Um, and then he analyzes each of the words, and, and all I can do is just give a couple of samples. So we, we saw how last week, and, and this is Srila Prabhupada drawing especially from um, Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur's commentary. Um, he used a, a, a volume, a Sanskrit volume of the Bhagavatam that had um, commentaries from Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur, Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Sridhar Swami, and, and um, a number of others. <clears throat> but especially, uh, as we uh, can see, even from our brief glimpses at his report last week and uh, this tika this week, uh, he draws very heavily from Vishwanathakarvati Thakur. So the first thing is is that the Lord, the supreme personality of Godhead Krishna, is the cause of the causes of the causes of of everything, of creation, maintenance, and destruction. Right. He's the cause. Um, he's the cause of the uh, uh, of the cause of Mahavishnu, from whom all the from whose form all the universes um, uh, uh, appear, and um, and of the um, Vishnus who appear in each of the universes, and the Brahma who appears on the lotus flower that grows from the navel of each of those Vishnus, and who um, uh, with the Lord's instruction is able to effect a creation, bring about the creation uh, of each universe. And then it is maintained by, by Vishnu and then destroyed by Shiva. And the Lord is the cause of all those causes. Another of the words that we see is, uh, so 
So directly and indirectly, he is the cause of everything. Janma Adi. Janma Adi, Vishwanath says, indicates creation, sustenance, and destruction. Janma, creation, and the others. And then he says, Anvayaditarascha. So all, you know, and even there are opposites in there. And then he says the Lord is supremely independent. We saw that um, a little of that last week in Srila Prabhupada's purport, that the Lord does not depend on anyone for this create, creation, maintenance, and sustenance, sustenance and, and destruction, creation, uh, maintenance, and destruction of the universes. Brahma affects them. Brahma brings them about, um, having been instructed by the Lord, but it's the Lord's instructions. It's the Lord's empowerment that, that makes it possible um, for Brahma to do that. Um, and then, um, watching the clock here. And then he gives these examples um, uh, that illustrate how the Lord is both the efficient and the material causes. Um, um, you know, both the uh, that which brings about and 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 that of which everything is constituted. Um, rushing, I'm just I'm, I'm just rushing through this, and so and he talks about how uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur uh, explains how the Lord creates how and 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 he makes a very clear argument uh, rather rather elaborate but clear argument for how um, every text that indicates the creation of the material world indicates that it was brought about um, by um, a conscious entity the original conscious entity so he uh, and and he ties these to uh, the Vedanta Sutra, Janmad Yasya Yataha. We see the same phrase beginning um, the second um, sutra in, in the Brahma Sutra, the Vedanta Sutra. The first is Atato Brahma Jigyasa. We see how that was indicated. We showed how that was indicated in Satyam Param Timahi, that we should all, um, everyone should hear this so that we can meditate on the Supreme Lord. And that Janmadhyasya uh, is tied to the second one, uh, second sutra, Janmadhyasya everything comes from him. And Tattusamandayat. So these things are, are, are mentioned. And then as Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur does, he poses a doubt and a counter argument, a sangshaya, um, and then, and, and then he presents his counter argument. He says, but if the Supreme Lord is said to be the material cause of the universe, he should be devoid of change. Therefore, one should not say that the Supreme Lord is the efficient and Prakriti is the material cause. No. And, and, then, Vishra, and then Vishra says, no, that's not how it is. The Shrutis say, he who is omniscient knows all. And then he says, Saikshata Lokan, he glanced over the worlds and created, citing the Aitareya Upanishad. And tad aikshata bahusyam prajayaya. He glanced and said, 
let me be many, let me create progeny. So we see <clears throat> from the Shastras, and we saw this also when we looked at the Lokavatuli Lakaiva, that there isn't a reason for this. This is simply the Lord's Lila. This is his play. Out of joy, let me, the one, become many so that I can enjoy more because life is more fun with friends. And then he argues that Prakriti is a Shakti of the Lord and, uh, and the Shakti and the possessor are both non-different. So there isn't really a, a, a difference between the, the material cause and the efficient cause, that the Lord really is uh, both. Um, and then regarding the independence, uh, we know this as well from last week. One may object that the Mahatattva and the other elements had not arisen so that he could have a body which could perform action. Therefore, the verse says that the Lord is independent, Svarat. He controls everything by himself. Svayam Rajate. Svarat um, implies this. Svayam Rajate. Um, through his spiritual Surupa, which is non-different from himself. This is the lesson of the Bhagavatam. Uh, and we see this, how, how prominent this becomes um, in the second canto of the Bhagavatam. The uh, doctrine of Achintya Beta Beta Tattva is presented um, through the second canto of the Bhagavatam, especially in the chapter called Purusha Supta Confirmed. We may think, I think I mentioned this before, we may think of Achintya Beta Beta Tattva as something conceived of by Jiva Goswami or something taught to Jiva Goswami by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Or we may even think, okay, so this is presented in the Bhagavatam. So this is an invention of the Bhagavatam. But the Bhagavatam itself tells us, no, this comes from the Rig Veda Samhita. This is the oldest idea there is, that everything is Krishna, while Krishna remains aloof at the same time, simultaneously um, non-different by the strength of his inconceivable potencies, his Svarupa Shakti especially, his multifarious potencies. So um, he controls everything himself through his spiritual Svarupa. Thus the Shruti says, uh, In the Lord, there is no material cause and effect. He has his own inherent knowledge, strength, and action. He is completely independent. And Brahma is dependent on the Lord. The different Vishnus are all dependent on, on, on Krishna. And then, uh, well, he addresses, well, I, I can't, I just don't, I won't have time for that because then I won't be able to uh, address at all uh, uh, the, uh, the other four, um, the other four uh, explanations. But um, he cites Gopal Tapanyupanishad and others, Ram Tapanyupanishad, showing how it is that Brahma is so dependent on the Lord, it's by the Lord's power, by the Lord's own mercy, that he appeared in Brahma's heart. Um, and then he makes a rather elaborate argument for the form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Just as the Bhagavatam has a form, so does the Lord. Now, in the second explanation, um, he presents the Lord as the sun, which is even more powerful and even uh, more purifying, even more enlightening 
and even more purifying. So then he begins that by saying, let us meditate on Krishna who is known as Satya, Satyam Paramdhimi, who is known through his abode Mathura and by revelation of his form to his devotees. And he destroys ignorance concerning himself, whose body, though appearing to be material to the demons, is not temporary at all, who, after appearing in Vasudev's house, went to Nanda's house, knowing how to cheat Kangsa, and who, knowing the appearance of his devotees, Prema in Braja, remained there because of his own people, though he is in, though he is in all cases independent, and who revealed that the cows and calves were actually the su supreme Brahman to Brahma by his will, which bewilders even such persons as Narada. And so here, he, um, in, in this explanation, he discusses how the Bhagavatam gives us the highest truth. So um, he says the uh, Brahmanda Pura, and he cites other Puran, he cites the Mahabharata and so many other texts to illustrate how it is that um, we get this highest truth in the Bhagavatam um, so um, clearly and brilliantly. So he says the Brahmanda Purana also says, Satyam Shri Krishna Dhimahi Param Brahma Narakrati. We meditate upon Sri Krishna, the Supreme Brahman, with human form. Gopal Tapani Upanishad says, Tasmat Krishna Eva Paro Therefore, Krishna is the Supreme Lord, and we should meditate on him. So he cites so many texts showing how the first text of the Bhagavatam points to meditation on Krishna, Sri Krishna, the absolute truth, um, the um, embodiment. Uh, of rasa, uh, which we'll get to in the, in the other explanations. I'm scoring th through here. And he cites, oh, he cites so many um, Bhagavatam verses that also point to this fact. Krishna um, Bhagate and so forth. He cites one from the tenth, uh, from the eighth canto. Um, by the statements of his Svangsa form, Matsya revealed his form as impersonal Brahmanta of uh, Satyavrata, who was a wise man and the founder of his dynasty. And he cites a verse saying, by my mercy, you'll realize the power known as impersonal Brahman. So we see how the Lord is revealing <clears throat> through the Bhagavatam different things to different people. Just as we see um, the audience, the the, the uh, gathering on the bank of the river when Shukadeva Goswami met Maharaj Pariksit, <clears throat> there are sages of all different stripes um, uh, with different kinds of realizations, different kinds of meditation. And so when Shukadeva Goswami gets to the end of narrating the Rasalila, out of consideration for the broad variety of realizations among his audience, and so that people, that those who hear um, Shukadev and, and those who subsequently hear the Bhagavatam may not be um, disturbed, may not be um, distracted uh, by the, the idea that, that Krishna, the embodiment of Dharma, would be engaged in adharmic activities with uh, young women in the, in the middle of the night. He says, well, how do we understand this? And Shukadev Goswami is able to say, uh, close out the, the Rasa Panchachayi, the five chapters describing the Rasa Lila, by explaining um, 
that Krishna is actually even, in a sense, the husband of the gopis' husbands. So there really isn't any impiety. There really isn't any atarma there. And then he closes by pointing out that hearing these pastimes of Vishnu, and he deliberate, very deliberately chooses to refer to Krishna there as Vishnu, which means he's all pervading. Um, because he, you know, he appears in each universe as a Kiradakashai Vishnu, and then he appears in the heart of every entity um, as, as the super soul. Uh, I mean, as the Garbhadakashai Vishnu. And then he appears in, as, as a Kiradakashai Vishnu or the um, super soul in the heart of each entity. So he's all pervading. And he's all pervading in the Rasa dance as well, because he's able to dance individually with each of the uh, millions and billions of gopis who are there um, in the Rasa dance. So, um, so Shukadeva asks that question, uh, uh, Parikit asks that question of Shukadeva um, in order that um, Shukadeva can just really <clears throat> make crystal clear for this very uh, um, uh, broad audience of different realizations that these are indeed the highest transcendental pastimes. This isn't something material that we should, uh, that we are, should allow ourselves to misunderstand. Now, for the third explanation, he begins by saying, here's another meaning of, the, of this text. Let us med meditate on Krishna, from whom arises Madhura Rasa, through meeting and separation. And he goes through each of the words showing how that's so. The meeting and separation, these opposites, um, is beyond the material realm, Svarat, um, who conveyed to Bharat Muni the same Madhura Rasa, Hridaya Adikavi. He explains how Bharat Muni can also be understood as the Adikavi. Uh, who we understand in the first two explanations is referring to Brahma. But he says, well, it can also mean Bharat Muni, whose, uh, whose uh, uh, Kavya Shastra, um, Natya Shastra, his Shastra on, on drama, um, actually uh, was drawn from by Rupa Goswami to explain um, transcendental, um, uh, as we get from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, and as far as I can tell, a unique use of the word mellow. I, I can find nowhere um, um, any uh, reference for the use of mellow as a noun, and especially in the sense that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur uses it. Um, just like there are words in the Bhagavatam that you can't find in other scriptures, because the Bhagavatam is addressing ideas that the other scriptures don't even uh, approach. Um, the Bhagavatam uh, uh, explains them very uh, intimately. So, um, so Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati seemed to have coined this noun mellows um, for rasa. So um, to explain the rasa, uh, especially the rasas uh, that, that we find in, in Vrindavan, um, Rupa Goswami draws from Parat Muni, who's suggested here as the Adi Kavi. Um, about which other poets are bewildered. Well, just like the demons are bewildered by the appearance of Mohini Murti. They don't understand what's really going on in extraordinary form. So now we're going from the Lord has form to this Rasa also has form. 
the Bhagavatam has a form, the, the, the rasa presented by the Bhagavatam has form and which defeats the withered arguers by the extraordinary influence of the experience of Madhura rasa. Hmm. So here he says, let us meditate on Krishna from whom appears the highest rasa, Sringara rasa, Janma Adyasya. So here he's taking the same words and giving a third reading of Janma Adi Asya. From whom the Adi Rasa, Sringara Rasa, um, is generated. He says previously this Rasa though existing had disappeared because of the censure by conservative spiritual aspirants. So we see that, uh, that uh, Vishwana Chakrabarti Thakur is, uh, we could say at least a progressive spiritual um, practitioner. Um, he wants to, he wants to uh, present a progressive understanding. And then he talks about um, the discussion of um, Vibhava in the form of Alamban, that Krishna is, is the uh, Vishaya Alamban. Uh, and he is independent and spiritual, Swarat. And then he, oh, and then he talks about, and Srila Prabhupada refers to this toward the end of his purport. This is Vishnu Chakrabarti talks about the original sex psychology, which has got to get people's attention. And here's part of what he says. This, I mean, this is, he's kind of like getting into this in his third explanation. He says, Rasa should not be accredited to other persons. He alone conveyed the truth about Adi Rasa through his mind unto Bharat Muni, the famous exponent of material rasa. Um, so this re reveals that rasa originates only from Krishna. Because this uh, Adi Kaveye Brahma Hridaya, <clears throat> this, this is a spiritual rasa that was imparted into the heart of, of, uh, um, of Bharat Muni although he expressed it um, for the benefit of material people as well. It, it, it was used to guide the um, composition and, and, uh, uh, and understanding even of material drama and dance. Says, uh, he says, in truth, the poets are bewildered, yatra, he's, again, he's dealing with these words, are bewildered because of descriptions with concentration on material heroes such as Nala. Now, I remember the first time I read the story of Nala and Damianti in the Mahabharata. It blew me away. I just thought, oh my God, this is just the most amazing love story. Um, just as in, in English, we have this, uh, uh, the story of Romeo and Juliet, or in Arabic, they have uh, uh, Laila and, and Majnu. Um, so, you know, in, in the Mahabharata, we have this amazing story of Nala and Damianti. He says, but this isn't real rasa. Just as one mistakes fire or earth for water, people think the rasa directed only to the Lord should also be directed to material persons. There is no rasa in material heroes whose temporary bodies end in ashes and worm waste. Rather, in consideration, in this there is a contradiction to rasa, distaste or disgust becomes jukupchitam because of the perversion of the object of love. Uh, and so he says only unintelligent people um, explains. So he says, therefore in the Lord, there is the creation of three meanings, literal, 
metaphorical and suggested, or the creation of illusion, dhvani, skill in composition, guna, and literary ornaments, alankara. These are real and they become amazing because of their extraordinary nature in Krishna. The life force of the material hero made simply proud of words of the words, simply made of the proud words of poets is false. And then he says, some people do not accept rasa. By the amazing influence of the direct experience of tasting Madhura rasa, tamna svena, which is extraordinary svena, Krishna defeats the withered arguers. So rasa's there, even in the very first, uh, and not just rasa, but madhura rasa, presented in the very first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. And then the fourth exp explanation, without deceit in correct manner, aspiring for the highest goal, we meditate on Radha and Krishna from whom arises the height of madhura rasa. So not just madhura rasa, but now the pinnacle of madhura rasa. By giving up the, and then he, here he brings us to the rasa dance. We're, I mean, we're still trying to understand the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur brings us into the rasa dance. He suggests it in, in the third explanation. In the fourth explanation, he brings us right there. By giving up the other gopis and following only her, as Dhira Lalita, he showed his expertise in the chief aspects of rasa. And she exhibited herself as an independent lover. Krishna imparted through the heart, uh, through the heart to Shukadev, the knower of, rasa, of this rasa from birth, Janma Adi, from, his, from the very beginning of his birth, the Bhagavatam, by which devotees faint in ecstasy and undergo transformation, just as fire, water, and earth reverse their properties. And we'll see more of this in, in a couple of weeks when we look at the third verse of the Bhagavatam, the Ashirvaj Sloka um, of the uh, Bhagavatam's Mangalacharan. Um, and then he, he talks a little bit about Radha. It's already uh, 20 after, so I better uh, not let myself get stuck in the weeds. And so then he cites some verses from the, the, the Rasa Panchajaya, especially the 30th chapter, where uh, Krishna leaves the other gopis, and then they see that Krishna has also left her. And that um, gives us um, uh, entrance um, into hearing the gopis' uh, song um, of, of praise, complaint, and accusation in the Gopi Gita, the 31st chapter, which is just, um, well, it's such a, a wonderful chapter. So he cites a couple of verses uh, showing how this has got to be a meditation on Radha and Krishna. So one is from, uh, from the 30th chapter, where the, the gopis say, and the 27th verse where they say, here we see the footprints of some gopi who must have been walking along with the son of Nanda Maharaj. He must have put his arm on her shoulder just as an elephant rests his trunk on the shoulder of an accompanying she elephant. And then the next verse, certainly this particular gopi has perfectly worshiped the all powerful personality of Godhead Govinda since he was so pleased with her that he abandoned the rest of us and brought her to a secluded place. So then he starts teasing out the words, the, the words, some of the words a little bit. 
and I'll just give a taste of this. We meditate upon the Radha and Krishna, from whom there is the appearance, Janma, of Madhura Rasa, Adyasya. This means that these two are the supreme receptacle of the art of Madhura Rasa, giving up all the other gopi lovers. Itaraha, he followed her alone and became obedient to her, Anvayat. And then he gets into some grammar. And then, and then he cites more of the gopis' um, observations. Well, you know, he must have carried her on his shoulders, and he must have put her down to gather some flowers. And uh, and so here we here we have the you know the evidence is the gopis celebrating the love between Radha and Krishna. And so he says um, he ends up by. Um, writing, from hearing the Bhagavatam, since it has rasa, the devotees faint in ecstasy from tasting, tasting the rasa, yansuraya muhyanti. Still, he's clinging right to the text, showing us Radha Krishna Prima in, in the text of the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. Or, and, and where did he get this? He heard it from his guru. Uh, uh, you know, he heard this from his guru. Um, so, and, and uh, by studying uh, uh, Jiva Goswami Shatsandarbha. Um, or because Radha and Krishna are the objects of their hearing and seeing, their close associates, though most wise, became bewildered. So the gopis became bewildered. Now, First, we had the demons becoming bewildered. Now we have the gopis becoming bewildered. This means they take on qualities opposite their normal qualities, but out of ecstasy. And others are included in this ecstasy as well. This is illustrated through an example. Their ecstasy is just like earth, water, and fire reversing their properties. For instance, the moon, a form of fire, on seeing the rasa lila of Radha and Krishna, gave up its quality of moving and became stunned, like the earth. Water, on hearing the sound of the flute, became stunned, like the earth. Stones made of earth became liquid, like water. Because of the influence of these two, yatra dhamna svena, still right in the text, the creation of three consorts, Trisarga, Shribhu, and Lila, or the other gopis, the queens and the Lakshmis, or the internal, external, and marginal potencies becomes factual, Amrsha. Oh my gosh, everything becomes factual by the influence of Radha and Krishna, including the creation of the internal, external, and marginal potencies. That's us. This means that the consorts, such as Sri, who have been uh, uh, Lakshmi Devi, who have been manifested by Radha and Krishna, by their influence, by their being the basis of the consorts, exist eternally because of their eternal relationship. We meditate upon them without deceit, as in real forms, satyam, and as the most excellent forms, param. So here we have satyam param dimihi again. Thus the object of worship, Radha and Krishna, Vishaya of the Bhagavatam, has been shown as the subject of the first verse of the Bhagavatam. Who knew? So Srila Prabhupada said, yes, Vishwanath Chakravarti gives an explanation of the original sex psychology. Um, this is... Um, this is love devoid of, of any impurities. 
And then, so where in the world could we possibly go from there? Well, he says, let us meditate on the most beneficial spiritual process, which is beyond the gunas, which brings about the appearance of the Lord as Bhagavan, and by which there is realization of Brahman and Paramatma in the processes of jnana and yoga, which is complete knowledge independent of other processes, which was revealed by Narada to Vyas, but which was bewildering even uh, to even great sages, which is not mixed with the three gunas, Trisarga, which defeats its opponents by its very nature of giving direct experience of bliss. So the process of bhakti is, uh, is indicated by scriptures as the abhideya by which the ashraya krishna can be attained. It brings about the highest relation and it attracts even Krishna. So where do we go from Radha and Krishna? Bhakti Devi herself, of who, who, who Radha embodies. Whom Radha embodies in the most, in the sweetest and most concentrated way. Bhakti Devi, the Abhideya by which the, uh, this ashraya, um, this shelter, the uh, the shelter of all the other nine topics of the Bhagavatam um, can be attained. That bhakti then becomes the prayojana, prema. Thus, bhakti yoga should also be considered the subject of this verse. Because of this, another meaning is included in the essential theme. And then he goes to the twelfth canto. The, uh, uh, the, here we're in the uh, the twelfth chapter. Uh, of the 12th canto, showing how the Bhagavatam is all about glorifying Krishna. So then he said, taking bhakti as the subject of this verse, param, the best, then means beyond the three gunas, since bhakti is another form of real some substance, vastava vastu. And you know, those of us who've read uh, Jaiva Dharma, and I haven't had a chance yet to hear uh, any of Guru Nishta Prabhu's um, discussions of Jaiva Dharma, which I'm really looking forward to. If only I had, I had 48 hours in a day um, and the energy to get through those 48 hours, a little bit of a trick um, when you get close to 30. So, um, so this Vastava Vastu, this is presented right at the very beginning of, of, of Jaiva Dharma. We have this kind of like hmm, cinematic picture are coming down, you know, this though well, there's this little planet, but there's this little place on this little planet in this little place uh, in, in India, there's this Godrumadweep, and in Godrumadweep, these Babaji's live. And then they're going to be talking about this Vastava Vastu, uh, the real substance. This is Satyam refers to Bhakti Yoga, which is full of the most auspicious qualities beneficial for spiritual practitioners. Sat. Satyam Param Dimahi then means let us meditate on transcendental bhakti yoga. And he draws the argument out from there, uh, but I am um, out of time uh, because in about 15 minutes, I have to give another class. So I'm going to stop here uh, with this tease, but I wanna go uh, again back um, to, just to, uh, to uh, Vishnu Chakravarti's summary. The first explanation of this verse shows its nature as a light giving deliverance from misery through general understanding of the Lord or Adhyatma. So we've got Brahma, Paramatma, and, and Bhagavan all there. The second explanation shows that it's the sun, more powerful, destroying the demon's misconceptions and bringing joy to the devotees. That's where that, uh, 
the, the contrast, the, the opposites show up. The third, fourth, and fifth explanation shows show how it is the bestower of the tasty root full of rasa, revealing madhura rasa, radha, and pure bhakti. Um, so then he says the devotees being the rightful recipients are considered to be like the devotees since they receive nectar um, in the form of relishing the rarest taste of these five meanings. So then we'll see that also played out in text two. The devotees are the rightful recipients. And then in the third verse, that they taste, they relish the rarest taste of nectar in the form of relishing these five meanings. The Bhagavatam, he says, is considered to be like Mohini, serving out these different meanings of Bhagavatam to the devotees. And then he talks about the 12 different cantos. And, and uh, so anyway, there's just a kind of a quick tease, um, a quick glimpse at the um, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's five explanations um, of the first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which also shows us how um, as he says at the beginning of his tika on this verse, uh, the Bhagavatam can't be compared, can't really be compared to any other literature. Anything else by comparison to the Bhagavatam is like garbage. Place of pilgrimage for crows. Crows hang out at the garbage dump, right? They hang out where there's garbage. So by it's not that it's not that there aren't wonders in some of the some of the literature of the world. Um, I, I'm an old English teacher, um, and and I still find that I have attraction for well-written stuff. I found myself getting carried away by uh, an American novel, won many awards a few years ago, just a few years ago, called The Overstory, about our relationship with the forest. It's such a it's an amazing book. I've read Proust, which is amazing. I've read all of Shakespeare, which is amazing stuff. And you, you'll find wonderful uh, literature in, in Arabic and, and, uh, and Russian. Uh, I began reading a Russian novel at the uh, suggestion uh, of one of the devotees recently, and then hadn't gotten very far because of time. The, it, the wonders are out there. And it's not that the, the, it's not that the, the uh, Upanishads uh, the, the Vedic Sanghitas, um, the Puranas, and the Itihasa are, are garbage. They're certainly not, because they all aim at transcendence. But because they miss the point of this one thing that Vyasadeva is going to tell, uh, I mean, that Narada Muni will tell Vyasadeva, yes, of course you're depressed. Even though you've done all this, what you've, you've, you've created all this, and, and com you compiled and presented all this, amazing literature, pointing people towards, you know, that helps people elevate themselves. Still, you miss this one thing, this Tivrena Bhakti Yogina, this pure Bhakti, unmixed with Jnana, Karma, Yoga, and everything. Um, you should do that. Uh, present pure Bhakti, untouched by anything else, just as the sun ray, sun's rays remain untouched by the clouds. Okay, I'll stop and, and uh, entertain any, uh, turn the share off so I can see again who's here. Okay, how do I do that? Stop share. Um, any comments or, or questions briefly? Because I, I do have to.
I have to, actually, I have to prepare for another class. <laughs> Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. I just wanted to say, wow, <laughs> that was amazing. So much nectar there. And I think you reached your goal. You really whet my appetite to want to study this, this uh, more. And I don't know, how, how many more classes are there? Uh, two. Oh, not, not enough. <laughs> well, next, next week, we'll take a quick look at the second verse. Okay. Uh, which is another wow. Well, um, well this is, yeah, this is and, just and then, yeah. And then the third verse, the third verse, you know, well, the third verse just, well, it's about the Bhagavatam knocking our socks off. Yeah. Right? We, we know that. Guru Maharaj has spoken so much about this. So, um, yeah, all I could do, all I could do was was just, uh, as, as you say, wet, wet folks taste and hope that uh, you know that uh, we can somehow or other get lost and drown in this in, in, in the ocean uh, of the Bhagavatam, just as uh, Tripurari Maharaj writes at the beginning of uh, um, oh I think at the end of his um, introduction to Shikshastakam, you know, if if we should drown in this ocean, what would it be the loss? Yeah, pretty amazing. Well, thank you so what much. Would be the loss. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So you've made my day. Thank Krishna. By your appreciation. Uh, anything else? I see Kanaram there. Kanaram is very rarely without something to share. Good afternoon, Maharaj. So nice to see you. I don't I don't have a lot to share. I'm just like just happy to be here and, and hear from you. I'm happy to see you. We miss you and Hope you're doing well. Are you are you back home again? Yeah, I'm home. Um, I started working part time, so I, I can like do my own thing a little bit more. Cool. All right, that sounds great. Um, and thank you. Uh, I was I'm really happy. I was really happy to see your. Um, always happy to see your smiling face. Um. If there's no, if there is nothing else, I want to thank you all. Um, I'm uh, learning more and more each day the the importance of, of never neglecting gratitude. I'm so grateful uh, to Padmanabh Maharaj for um, for actually putting this whole thing together. The, the you know all these series that keep us all so engaged in um, in. Uh, understanding, trying to understand that stage on which the uh, the play of Krishna's Leela is built, um, and for inviting me to participate, keeping me um, in the Sangha, um, and, um, and, uh, and grateful to all of you who come and attend, because this gives me something to do. Uh, well, it, it just makes my Friday mornings um, even fuller. Um, than they are already. And as I say, um, I have to run now and give another class on an amazing Bhagavatam verse from the third canto, where Lord Narayan is taking responsibility for the offenses uh, committed by his servants in Vaikuntha. So I have to see what I can do with that one. Thank you all so much for your company and for, for, the, for, your, for, your, for your appreciation. This is so encouraging to me. Hare Krishna. Or Bhakti Vrinda Kijai. Oh.